0: The following podcast contains general advice only and does not take into account your individual circumstances. Listeners should speak to an accountant or financial advisor before making any investment decision. All right, hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Market Pulse podcast. My name is Dion um, and I thought that probably the best way to Kick this podcast off is, I guess, the first to tell you in what this is about and, and why I've set this up. So, I guess kicking off with why the podcast was set up. Um, I guess it's a way to keep the you, the listener, uh, informed about markets, economics, uh, general financial news um, that's relevant, but and also some stuff that I find interesting myself, and I hope that that you'll also find interesting. So. We'll also include a look at what the markets have done for the week that was and I'll also try to break down any financial jargon, um, especially for those who are looking to learn a little bit more about investing and how to get started. Um, it's my aim for listeners uh, with this podcast, um, I guess, for you to get a bit more interested and excited about the idea of investing and, and ultimately help you make that very first crucial step. Um, and it's kind of important to note that... Um, This is coming from someone that's not an expert. I'm definitely not going to go ahead and say that. Uh, I'm still learning myself. Um, I've made mistakes. Um, I've had some success as well. Um, But I've also gained some great insight along the way. Um, And you do that. And you do that especially when you make mistakes. Uh, Not every investment you ever make in life will pay off. Um, But I kind of believe that a lifetime on the sidelines is a lot worse. So who am I? So like I said, my name's Dion. Um, I've had a couple years' experience in uh, retail banking. Um, then I worked a couple years for an online stockbroking firm. Um, and but mostly I'm just an investor. So I've I've always been super interested in the market. Um, I think the very first time I invested, I believe I was 21. Um, I was very lucky. My grandmother gave me. Um, some money, um, around about $500, um, but I wasn't allowed to just uh, spend it on something frivolous. <laughs> I either had to put it towards some education or, or uh, invest it for, for my future. And I chose the latter, um, having sort of almost finished uni at the time. And um, the first company I have invested in was um, one called Sydney Airport. So it's a listed company in Australia. Um, I didn't uh, do too much research I kind of just figured that you know people are going to still need to go to the airport and people are still going to spend money at the airport and that's not something that's going to go away very quickly Um, and I threw my $500 uh, into Sydney airport Um, and that's kind of what kicked it off for me. Um, I'm sort of a big advocate for saying that if you dip your toes in the water uh, when it comes to investing, you know that sort of teaches you everything you really need to know, and from there you start to learn about things like um, share price growth, dividends, company announcements. Um, you start to discover other companies that trade on the market. There's plenty out there that you've heard of, um, massive brands, you know things like a Flight Centre or, or a Commonwealth Bank, um, but then there's a um, ton of companies that you've never heard of as well, and so. Some of those are quite interesting too, and um, they're doing very interesting things. So, and hopefully, we'll just discover some of those as we go along. So, the point of this podcast is to be a, a weekly thing. So, we'll, we'll talk about the week that was, um, and what what a week to <laughs> what a week to create a podcast. Um, it's been a bit of a crazy one. Um, so i go i want to break down i guess how the market uh, this and the focus of this is is mainly going to be on the australian market um but we'll also talk about some interesting u.s stuff and i'll talk about how the u.s markets fared as well so um the asx 200 so when i talk about that term Uh, the asx 200 refers to the top 200 companies on the australian stock exchange all right and we can go into more detail of what exactly that is and why they're the top 200 um, for the short answers, it's based on their value, um, but it's just a, it's a common index that you'll you'll uh, hear referred to on the news and uh, financial websites. So the ASX two hundred um, down nine point seven seven percent for the week, massive massive drop. Um, the S and P five hundred over in the U S. Um, again, the short. Definition of that is the top five. It's an index of the top five hundred companies in the U.S. So that was down about eleven and a half percent, and the the Nasdaq, which is the technology index, was down about ten and a half percent. When I say that that's big, that, that's big numbers for weekly movements. Um, you have probably potentially heard the the saying that the stock market takes the stairs when it goes up, and it takes. Takes the elevator on the way down um, when I do this podcast in uh, future weeks, I doubt I'm ever going to be listing off you know weekly changes like that like these numbers like ten and eleven and a half percent it's not really something that that happens there's a lot of red across the market this week um, and even for those of you that potentially are listening that maybe you're not really investors or, or even if you are maybe you don't pay too much attention to what happens. On the market, you probably heard about it regardless, because um, I think the bad part about things like this is that it attracts kind of like clickbait headlines. Um, I think there's one that I saw that's a quote said that uh, more than 130 billion dollars wiped off the ASX 200 as coronavirus bloodbath deepens. Um, there was no <laughs> there was no bloodbath. No one died. I'm talking about the market that is obviously um the coronavirus is is a serious um thing and 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 people have lost their lives so I'm not not making a comment on that um but in terms of the market going down um all of these these are a share price falls um but yeah I I think it, it, the bad part is it they, they play into that the emotional side of investing and i, I would kind of urge investors and especially beginner investors not to get too caught up um in that ultimately you want to be looking and investing your money in um companies and and that's what you are doing when you when you when you buy shares you're, you're investing into a company you own part of that business um and you kind of want to be looking at the long term at, le- at least that's that's how i see it i mean the other people would disagree. Um, some people are probably more short-term traders, um, but I think if you're investing, I think the word investing is is, is a long-term game. Um, and yeah, I just I would urge investors not to get too caught up in those clickbaity style headlines and um, words like bloodbath and stuff like that, because I don't know, it kind of it kind of might get you a bit too worried. And if you're confident about the businesses that you've invested in, Um, but it shouldn't worry you too much Um, that doesn't mean that the share price is not going to fall Um, I have a small portfolio and I definitely definitely fell this week Um, one of the one of the companies I own and this is not a recommendation um, it's an interesting or sort of important note I should say about this podcast it's not uh, going to be a recommendation or stock picking podcast but Um, Just an example, one that I own is is Webjet. It had a terrible week. I believe it was down close to 29% or close to 30%, so around that 29 mark. Um, And you also saw falls from similar companies like Flight Centre, which um, obviously have a very similar product. Um, And that's investors basically weighing the impact that something like the coronavirus will have for travel. It's already having an impact, obviously. So you see um, airlines... Um, closing down certain flight routes. Um, You see um, people cancelling their maybe holidays or you you see just, I don't know, you just see just a general downturn in in the amount of flights um, and bookings um, because of something like this. And that's going to impact a a company like Webjet or Flight Centre, especially if people aren't taking holidays. Um, Yeah, and this is coming off the back of, you know, you remember we obviously went through really bad season of the bushfires recently and one of the big I'm sure you everyone's probably aware one of the big things that sort of came out of that was an urge for Australians to actually get out there and travel um, to domestic parts of Australia especially ones that were affected by the bushfires Um, the point being to you know pump a bit of money um, into those communities and into those economies um, I guess to help them get going again Um, and I don't think the coronavirus has affected that so much, but you know, if it starts to get, if it potentially does get worse in Australia, you can you can see that that impact coming down more to the domestic side of Australia, um, as potentially people might um, be pulling back on the amount of flights that they're, do- they're doing or holidays that they're taking. Um, and it's not all bad news though. So you actually you actually saw a couple um, good news. In a way, way, um, it's a tad morbid, um, but Australian funeral brand InvoCare actually closed the week 9% higher on the market. If you haven't heard of InvoCare, they own many funeral brands such as I think one of the biggest ones is White Lady Funerals. Um, This isn't really to do with coronavirus though. It's not like people are betting that they're going to make money off it, but um, they actually released their half-year earnings Operating earnings and profit were up um, and they also commented that deaths have increased by two point nine percent when you're in the business of funerals, I guess that's a very important figure. Um, so that one ended up nine percent. Um, another company, Zuno Group, which is a much lesser known company. Um, basically this they have a they make sanitary products such as hand sanitizer, baby wipes. Um, surface spray, and they have a technology that they um, I believe they call their microbe shield, so um they sort of advertise that when you use their uh, like hand sanitizer or something it gives you like a twenty four hour protection mm-hmm. um and that's kind of i guess their selling point um and they actually came to the market and announced that their uh i guess their technology their microbe shield um they tested it against coronavirus and found it was 99.99% effective at combating it. Um, obviously, noting there that not quite 100%, as, as we are all aware when we go to the supermarket and buy soap or whatever it is, and they'll, they'll never say it's 100%, but um, it's as close as, as possible to that 100 And this is a very small company. Um, it's you know, It shares at around Christmas time. At the end of the year, were uh, about 50 cents, uh, um, I believe. I think that was around Christmas Eve. Um they're now it's like a dollar ninety. So um and this that's all they do. They don't don't do much else than that. They they create hand sanitizer, baby wipes, surface spray, like I said. Um but they are noticing, I guess, an uplift in sales, um, due to people being a bit more <laughs> concerned about their hygiene, especially if the virus is floating around. Um and yeah, I guess investors are, are making a punt that it's gonna be a good year for zuno group um i think another important one although they finished they did finish slightly down for the week but a2 milk uh they are the makers of infant formula so you might have seen their their products in in supermarkets or, or chemists in australia um, you probably remember the news reports um, it was kind of big a couple of years ago where um you know there were there was shortages in supermarkets for for infant formula because there was getting bought up in bulk and, and getting sold to China, to Chinese consumers. Um, and A2 Milk is very popular in the Chinese market. So they, they actually come out and said that in some way the coronavirus is, is indirectly benefiting them because um, there's competitors that are over in China, so domestic Chinese competitors in the infant formula market and they've actually been forced to shut their factories. So um, they'll see a supply drop on that side of things. So in, in I guess in an indirect way, A2 Milk... Um, argued that you know potentially this is something that's going to benefit them, um, but that's kind of where I wanted to, I guess, stop for the week. It's it's been a it's it hasn't been the the greatest week, and like I said, you would have been aware of that even if you're not a huge follower of the markets. Um, you know, you see the likes of even our biggest companies, you know, like the banks and and like our miners, like BHP and and like Woolies and and West Farmers. Uh, or fall in this week um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of comes into the week uh, the, the US market on Friday uh, which is like around Saturday morning early Saturday morning our time um, didn't have a great didn't have a great uh, day again so it will be interesting to watch this week um, so keep an eye on it um, like I said don't get too caught up in the headlines um, I think during this podcast, you know, over in different weeks, we we might explore the sort of psycho- psychology around investing because that's something that I've um, I don't know. I think I've become more aware and a bit more mature about over the years. Um, that again, caveat doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes. Um, but you know, for the most part, the market should be, you know, somewhat of an emotion-free zone. So. Um, otherwise you're you're bound to sort of react um, in a negative way potentially for your your own investments or or maybe jump out of things where you shouldn't have Um, that's not to say there aren't bad investments but um, that example i gave you being webjet that's not a company that i plan to to sell out of even though it's been a quite a terrible week as a shareholder of that particular company um that's just how, that's the investing game. And if you're in the long term, you're going to have those ups and you're going to have those downs. But but overall, um, I believe in the long term, uh, I guess, future of this company. So um, moving on, uh, Warren Buffett recently released his annual shareholder letter. Um, so it sort of looks at the year that was, so 2019. Um, and this is something I read. Every year or at least I have for the last few years Um, it's it's pretty easy to find you can just Google it Um, so Warren Buffett is um, considered one of the I guess one of the better or most successful investors in history he's a head of company in the US called Berkshire Hathaway um, along with his colleague Charlie Munger Um, they're both older blokes and uh, in this latest letter he did sort of touch on the, the reality of the fact that they, you know, it's probably relatively um, truthful to say that over the next few years they might not be around. Um, I believe Warren is 89, his colleague Charlie is in mid-90s so yeah, they've been at it for, a, for quite a long time. Um, but basically what you, you and you, you probably might have heard his name before that Warren's, um, Buffett's very big on, on value investing, and, and his letters are uh, always interesting to read because not only will he actually just sort of talk about how his company's gone, but he'll also talk about what he thinks of the landscape of the market and investing and in, in, in the business market. So it's worth a read. Um, I think another recommendation I'd say is Howard Marks of uh, Oak Tree Capital. So, Howard Marks released, uh, releases memos um probably a few a year maybe two to two to three sometimes it just depends it sort of it sort of seems to just do it when when it suits I suppose um and howard marks um you yeah, know he he basically takes you know, takes a pause and reflects on the current market market conditions um sentiment gives his opinion um, I don't know. He's he's always a really interesting read, and, and probably I probably favour Howard Marks over over Warren Buffett's letters, but, but but both are great, especially for the insight from people that have that have been doing this for a very very long time. Um, and as we're all aware, the the longer that you do stuff, generally speaking, the, the better you get at it. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out the Warren Buffett letter, um, just just give it a Google. You can find it pretty easy. Um, I would I would in something like Warren Buffett annual shareholder letter, or Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholder letter, uh, and I get, the reason I brought this up is my key takeaway from the letter was just an interesting quote on on uh, investing in, in equity or equities, which is which is shares, um, and Warren Buffett sort of double down on that he still believes that they're they're the best uh, investment. So I took this quote out of the letter. So, quote, what we can say is that if something close to current rates should prevail over the coming decades and if corporate tax rates also remain near the low-level businesses now enjoy, it is almost certain that equities over time perform far better than long-term fixed-rate debt instruments. That rosy prediction comes with a warning. Anything can happen to stock prices tomorrow. Occasionally, there will be major drops in the market perhaps a 50% magnitude or even greater, but the combination of the American tailwind about which I wrote last year and the compounding wonders described by Mr Smith will make equities the much better long-term choice for the individual who does not use borrowed money and who can control his or her emotions. Others, beware, End quote. Um, I took this from the letter because I kind of thought you know, it was almost perfect for how the week that was ended up being. Um, obviously, with the coronavirus scare, um, you know, share prices falling, markets falling, um, a lot of potential hysteria and emotions. Um, you know that's, That letter, I believe, was, well, I'm almost certain that was, that was written before this week. Uh, I believe it was released maybe a week and a half ago. So it's almost like it was, came at the perfect time um and when he talks about the fact that he he believes that equities or so shares will, will perform better than long-term fixed rate debt instruments, he's, he's talking about bonds um and, and instruments like that um, and he's just saying that you know he still believes in shares, so even if, even though these bad times, even on his bad times come and, and, and occasionally there will be those drops, and we, we saw that drop, or we saw a drop this week, and we might even continue to see that drop um over the following month or or even longer um but as long as you're in control of your emotions and and you understand the businesses you're invested in you know um it's still going to be the better investment over the long term um he even did an interview on cnbc i think i believe it was cnbc um on, you can find that on youtube um, and he was asked about the the coronavirus and the impact on the markets and his answer was pretty simple it's just he just said it's scary stuff but i don't think it should affect what you do in stocks and and that's kind of that's kind of where i think about it too um, again not saying that there's never a reason to reconsider investments that you make um, but i suppose the point there is he's saying that you know he's investing in uh, like famously, he's invested in companies like Apple and, and American Express, and he's kind of making the the point that um, although those companies might be suffering a short term loss right now in their share price due to market conditions, um, the end game is what's important, and the end game of a company like Apple is is strength strength to strength, you know, amazing brand, amazing company. Um, and he's not going to change his investment decision anytime soon. So I thought that was interesting um, and I hope you found that interesting as well. Um, definitely check it out. Like I said, you can find it on Google. Um, but yeah. So thank you very much for joining me. This was the very first episode of the Market Pulse podcast. Um, I'm hoping in the future to do listener questions um Especially because the design is um i guess aimed I should say aimed at some of the newer investors and and beginner investors um and if you have questions about anything I've been talking about or or maybe you want to unravel some of the jargon by all means, we can even make um future episodes just about those kind of financial or investment jargon and and break that down for you um But if you do have questions or queries, you can direct them to marketpulsepodcast at gmail.com. But thank you very much for joining me for the very first episode and I'll see you next week.